For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures I will arise and go forth to the house of my young I will arise and go forth to the house of my father I will arise and go forth to the house of my young House of my young Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Yeshua, from Genesis to Revelation. This is part 23 of the series. If we look at the book of Obadiah, there is a prophecy there at the end of the book of Obadiah, chapter 1, verse 21. It says, Saviors will come upon Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau, and the kingdom will be the Lord's. At the time that the kingdom is being the Lord's, that is the setting up of the Messianic kingdom, that prior to that, Saviors will come upon Mount Zion. In the Torah Anthology, volume 1 of the 12 prophets page 489 the jewish commentary is that these saviors or liberators that will come upon mount zion refers to the 10 tribes of israel well in revelation chapter 14 and verse 1 where we're told that the 144,000 are on mount zion it says in revelation 14 verse 3 that they sing a new song because they were redeemed from the earth Psalm 137 verse 1 says, By the rivers of Babylon we wept when we remembered Zion and we hanged our harps on the willows. Hanging your harp on the willow is associated with being in Babylon. And when your harp is on the willow, you can't play it. So our captives require us a song. In Psalm 137 verse 3, and they say, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. Well, the song of Zion is sung on Mount Zion. It is is Messiah gathering the 12 tribes of Israel. In Revelation chapter 14 verse 1, it says a lamb stood on Mount Zion and with him 144,000. And what are they doing? In Revelation 14 verse 2, they're playing their harps. What we're going to see is, and what we're going to explain is the function and the role of the 144,000. They are redeemers and they They are what I call the Moses Company. The 144,000 are playing the role of leading the exiles of Israel from all the places where they've scattered all over the earth. They're leading them to the land of Israel. And historically, when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they dwelt in booze. Booze is a reference to the Feast of Tabernacles. And the Feast of Tabernacles is the Feast of 
harvest. And the ingathering of the 12 tribes of Israel is associated with the God of Israel bringing in the harvest in the earth. So their function and their role is going to be associated with this theme of tabernacles. Leviticus in chapter 23 verse 34, it tells us that on the 15th day of the seventh month, that is the month of Tishrei, will be a feast of tabernacles for seven days. It then says in Leviticus 23:42 that you will dwell in booths seven days. All that are Israelites shall dwell in booths. And the reason for celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles is Leviticus chapter 23, verse 43, that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel to dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. Well, if the coming out of Egypt was just a historical event, why does the God of Israel want us to remember it every year when we celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles? Well, Paul understood that the coming out of Egypt is a prophetic foreshadowing of the end gathering of the 12 tribes of Israel in the end of days. And so when he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 1 through 4, don't be ignorant that all our fathers were under the cloud, they all passed through the sea, and they were all immersed into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. In speaking about the historical Egyptian exodus, he says about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 11, now all these things happened unto them for examples, but they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages are come. So the things that happened to the children of Israel historically was written for those who are living in the generation that would see the Messiah set his feet down on the Mount of Olives because that's the generation that's going to see the Messiah uniting the 12 tribes of Israel. In Revelation in chapter 7 where we have the sealing of the 144,000 their ministry is associated with the Feast of Tabernacles. Revelation chapter 7 verse 9 says after this I beheld and lo a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and peoples and tongues. This is a reference to the theme of the Feast of Tabernacles which is called the Feast of All Nations. During the Feast of Tabernacles, during the seven days, the number of bullocks that are offered in the temple are 70. And 70 represents the 70 nations of the world. When Messiah sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives and sets up his kingdom, all the nations will be required to come to Jerusalem and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. Zechariah chapter 14 and verse 16 explains this to us. Continuing on in Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9, after stating about this great multitude, that then it says that they had palms in their hands. Palms is associated with the Feast of Tabernacles because at Tabernacles you wave palms in your hands. Then it says in Revelation chapter 7 verse 10, and they cried with a loud voice, salvation to our God. In the first century in the temple, on the last day of Sukkot, Hoshana Rabbah, there's a ceremony of going around the altar, and when they went around the altar, they cried, Hosanna, save now, salvation to our God. Therefore, Revelation chapter 7 verse 9 is using tabernacles taught. There are people from all nations, they had palms, and they said salvation to our God. That the role of the 144,000 is associated with tabernacles, and tabernacles historically was associated with the children of Israel coming out of Egypt because they dwelt in tent and tabernacles is the feast of booze because
was the return of the exiles of Israel to the land of Israel will be in various groups of people all around the world and they will be living and dwelling together outside and it's likened to the children of Israel dwelling in tents or dwelling in booths. Continuing on and understanding that it is during the last three and a half years when we have the uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel and the return to the land. In Revelation chapter 7 verse 13, there's a question that gets asked, who are these which are arrayed in white robes and where did they come from? And the answer is in Revelation chapter 7 verse 14, these are they that came out of great tribulation. The great tribulation is the three and a half years that precede Messiah setting his feet down on the Mount of Olives. Then in describing those that came out of great tribulation, this is what's said about them in Revelation chapter 7 verses 16 and 17. It says they will hunger no more, neither thirst anymore, neither shall the sun light upon them, nor any heat. That is a quote from Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 10. So who are these that came out of great tribulation? The answer is Isaiah in chapter 49 and verse 10. Revelation 7 verse 17 goes on to say, and the lamb will lead them into living fountains of water. And then it says he will wipe away all tears from their eyes. Well, why do they have tears? Because exile is associated as a time of mourning. It's a time of tears. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 15, Rachel is weeping for her children and she's only told to quit weeping when she's told in Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 17 that her children will return to their own border. So the end of the exile of the house of Jacob is when you can wipe away the tears from your eyes. Now let's see how the answer that is given to the question, who are these that came out of great tribulation? That the answer is a quote or a reference to Isaiah chapter 49 verse 10. Isaiah 49 verse 10 says, they will hunger no more, nor thirst, neither shall they heat nor sun smite them. For he that has mercy on them, which Revelation 7 verse 17 says, it is the lamb, it is the Messiah, that he will lead them even by springs of water. Let's go back to Isaiah 49 and let's see the context of Isaiah in chapter 49. In verse 6, it says that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob. That is the uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel. Then it goes on to say that you may say to the prisoners, go forth. Who are the prisoners? They are the exiles of Israel. And what are they doing when they go forth? It is ending their exile. So the subject of Isaiah 49.6 is uniting the 12 tribes of Israel. And then Isaiah 49.9 saying to the prisoners to go forth. These are those who is described in Isaiah 49 verse 10. That is them, the prisoners that are going forth that will not hunger nor thirst. Neither shall the heat nor sun smite them. For he that has mercy on them will lead them. Even by springs of water shall he guide them. So the ones who come out of great tribulation are the exiles of Israel. And who is leading them out is the 144,000. In the book, A Matter of Return by Rabbi Raphael Eisenberg on page 132, quoting from the Midrash of Isaiah 
in chapter 49, Midrash Rabbah, that the prisoners designates the exiles of Israel. Now, remember this principle that it will happen according to how it did happen. The uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel in the future is likened to how the children of Israel came out of Egypt. Let's review a couple of the verses that we looked at regarding this. Hosea chapter 2 and verse 15, it says, I will give her her vineyards from there in the valley of Achor for a door of hope. Achor in Hebrew means trouble or troubling. So the valley of Achor, the valley of trouble, the valley of trouble, the valley of trouble. It is a reference to the tribulation period. The valley of trouble is a door of hope. Why is the tribulation period a time of hope? Because that is when the exile of the 12 tribes is going to end and she will sing there as in the days for youth, as in the day when she came up out of the land of Egypt. In Revelation chapter 14 in verse 2, we see the 144,000. They are singing a new song as they're playing their harps. They're playing their harps in Revelation 14 in verse 2, and they're singing the new song in Revelation chapter 14 in verse 3. Micah chapter 7 verse 15 says, according to the days of your coming out of the land of Egypt, according to those days, will I in the future show unto you marvelous things? Well, when the children of Israel historically were led out of Egypt, it was Moses that was their leader, but the one that directed them in their journeys was the cloudy pillar. It says in Exodus chapter 13 verse 20 that they took their journey from Sukkot. The Feast of Tabernacles in Hebrew is called Sukkot. It was the season of Passover, but they took their journey from Sukkot. In Exodus chapter 13 verse 21 it says, and the Lord went before them. This is going to be the Messiah. As we're told in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4, the rock that was with the children of Israel in the wilderness, the rock is the Messiah. Well, the Messiah was not only the rock, but the Messiah is the cloudy pillar. Because the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud, the cloudy pillar, to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. The presence of the cloudy pillar is called the glory of the Lord. Exodus chapter 40 verse 34, then the cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. I want you to notice that the children of Israel were led by the cloudy pillar with the direction, the leadership of Moses. That is a prophecy that in the future that the cloudy pillar will once again lead the exiles of Israel to the land during the last three and a half years, being directed and led by the 144,000. In Isaiah, in chapter 4, in verse 5, it is written, and the Lord will create, will is future, upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion. Mount Zion isn't just one place. It is a term that describes the people of the God of Israel congregated to return to the land of Israel because there's multiple dwelling places of Zion and upon her assemblies, plural. Therefore, when you begin your journey to return to the land of Israel, living in exile in the nations of the world, when you gather together with your assembly of people, that assembly the Bible calls Mount Zion and the cloudy pillar is going to lead you once you make that assembly.
assembling and you're going to have a leader of your camp, the 144,000. So it says in Isaiah chapter 4 verse 5, the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion and upon her assemblies a cloud and a smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night for upon all the glory shall be a defense. Therefore, your protection is being in that camp. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt, as long as they were in the camp, they were protected. But when they got outside of the camp, that's when they didn't have protection in the wilderness. If you are in this camp of the righteous during this three and a half year period, the cloudy pillar is going to feed you, clothe you, protect you from the elements and to protect you from your enemies. That is the beast system. And it says in Isaiah chapter four, verse six, and there will be a tabernacle for a shadow in the daytime from the heat and for a place of refuge and for a covert from storm and from rain. Yeshua is glorified through the ingathering of the exiles. In Isaiah chapter 35 and verse two, it says, you will see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. The glory of the Lord is the cloudy pillar. And so those in the earth will see the glory of the Lord. And in seeing the glory of the Lord, Isaiah 35 verse 10, the ransom of the Lord will return and come to Zion. That is the return of the exiles of Israel to the land. The last three and a half years being led by the cloudy pillar and the people in the earth are seeing the glory of the Lord. With the defeat of Gog and Magog in Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, it says in Ezekiel 39 verse 21, and I will set my glory among the heathen. And what is setting his glory among the heathen? Ezekiel 39 verse 25. Now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob. And bring again the captivity of Jacob. He is setting his glory among the heathen. In Psalm 102 verse 16 it says, when the Lord builds up Zion, he will appear in his glory. When he unites the 12 tribes of Israel, he's appearing in his glory. His glory is the cloudy pillar. In Revelation chapter 21 verse 23, we can see that the glory of the Lord is the Messiah who is the light of the new Jerusalem. Revelation 21 23. And the city that is the new Jerusalem had no need of the sun, neither the moon to shine in it for the glory of God did lighten it. The glory lit it and the lamb is the light. Who is the glory of the Lord that led the children of Israel in the wilderness through the cloudy pillar? It is the Messiah who will be the cloudy pillar that will lead the children of Israel when the people on the earth see the glory of the Lord. It is going to be the Messiah. The Messiah led the children of Israel out of Egypt historically in the Torah. Messiah will lead the exiles of Israel to the land during the last three and a half years of the tribulation period before he sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives. Let's continue to look at this pattern that how it did happen when the children of Israel came out of Egypt is how it will happen in the end of days with the uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel during tribulation times. Historically, Pharaoh didn't acknowledge the God of Israel. In Exodus chapter 5 verse 1 it is written, and afterward Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, thus says the Lord God of Israel, let my people go. But Pharaoh replies 
says in Exodus chapter 5, verse 2, and said, I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. Redemption is revealing to the people of the God of Israel and to the world who the God of Israel is. Exodus chapter 14 and verse 4, it says, And I will harden Pharaoh's heart that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. Exodus chapter 14, verse 18, And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. In Ezekiel chapter 39, verse 1, it says, Son of man, prophesy against Gog. Ezekiel 39, verse 6, it says, I will send a fire on Magog. Why? That they may know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel 39 and verse 7, So will I make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel. And it goes on to say, And the heathen will know that I am the Lord. You see, historically, Egypt is going to know who is the God of Israel. But at the same time, the people of the God of Israel are knowing who their Redeemer is. In Exodus, in chapter 3 and verse 13, Moses said to God, Behold, when I come to the children of Israel and say that the God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they will say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, You shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. Verse 15, God moreover said unto Moses, You will say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. So the children of Israel wanted to know who is the one that is redeeming us, and in delivering the children of Israel, it was so that Pharaoh in Egypt will know that I am the Lord. This is a prophecy of the future that in the gathering of the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel will have the revelation of who the Messiah is that is redeeming them as well as the heathen in the world knowing who the Messiah of Israel is. Now we can understand Yeshua's prayer in John chapter 17 verse 21 when he prayed that they all may be one. Who is he praying that would be one? He's praying for the uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel. And what is linked with the thought of uniting the 12 tribes of Israel? It is that the world would believe that you have sent me. In John 17 verse 23, that the world will know that you've sent me. The world will know that Yeshua is the Messiah when his people are one, when he unites the 12 tribes of Israel. So the uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel in the end of the exile of the house of Jacob is associated with all nations knowing the God of Israel and the Messiah of Israel. And it's Israel knowing the Messiah of Israel. When the 12 tribes of Israel are gathered, which is likened to them being resurrected from the dead, in Ezekiel in chapter 37 and verse 11, it says, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Then it goes on to say in Ezekiel in chapter 37 and verse 12, prophesy and say unto them, thus says the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and I will bring you into the land of Israel. That exile is associated with being dead and being in your graves, the dry bones of Ezekiel chapter 37. But I'm going to cause you to come up out of your graves. That's resurrection. And 
I will bring you into the land of Israel. Well, that's going to conclude part 23 of the series on the subject Yeshua from Genesis to Revelation. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.